Good morning, everyone. This is Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. Ah, happy Wednesday. Hump day. You know, whatever that means. Interpret it how you like. <laughs> Apply it as you like. Um. So anyway, I was just thinking I have quite a few new followers. And maybe you guys don't know uh, why my podcast is named Mad Love. So I will give you a brief refresher. I was in Chicago circa 90-something, 95, 96, about the time Love Jones came out because spoken word was really popular. And uh, I met up with one of my friends uh, from Howard, and he was like, let's go listen to some spoken word. And um, I said, okay. So we went, and uh, one of the poets was named Mad Love, and... um, it was just so cool because he stood up. Apparently, I mean, they did this every week or so because he had like groupies, you know, like fans. And so he stood up and the MC was like, why are you so mad? Why are you so mad? And it was just such a cool vibe. So it always stuck with me. So I always uh, liked the phrase mad love, mad love. And see, I can't say it, you know, mad love. I can't say it any other way. It's got to be mad love. Welcome to mad love. You know, because that dude was so cool. Uh, don't remember what he said. Just remember his name and scene. That's it. <laughs> That's the story. Um, I like the vibe that mad love uh, presents. And, you know, if you break it down into something literal, I am mad about a lot of stuff, like not in a crazy way, but a lot of stuff gets under my skin and it irritates me because I, it seems simple and I don't understand why people don't get it. But my love for humanity, I think, uh, balances out my frustration. And so you can't call it, you know, frustration balance, but you can call it mad love. So that's what I did. Anyway, uh, after all of that... <laughs> It's the Wednesday Ramble. I hope you have an excellent day. I hope you're meeting your goals and your dreams are coming true. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I was reading some stuff yesterday about Gen Z. That's this uh, group of young people right behind the millennials who used to be Gen Y, but, uh, you know, they became millennials instead. Somebody saw a new branding opportunity and they went with that. But... uh, can't quite remember the years, but I think this next generation is really exciting. Not only just in theory, based off of the observations about them, but the ones in my life are so delightful. They're just so much fun. They have good energy. They're very practical. They went through uh, the 2008 meltdown uh, in the economy. They understand, you know, limitations uh, and and many of them lost their homes. Lives changed. You know what I mean? Like I think Gen Gen X went through more than than millennials. A lot of times millennials seem sort of sort of airy and out of it and um entitled. But Gen X and apparently Gen Z aren't like that. So I'm excited. I'm excited about the future. They seem great. Um and they're also tech savvy. Now, you know, we got to work on their social skills. But other than that, I mean, I work with some grown ass people who don't have any social skills. I mean, I think that's weird. I think it's weird to get to your 30s and not be able to look people in the eye or consistently uh, say hello to someone you know you work with. 
You know, I'm not talking about, oh, we work in the same building. We work in the same office, you know, and you six months in, you don't know my name or you, you can't make eye contact. I think that's bullshit. And people make excuses. Oh, they're really, really a nice person. Really? How do you know that? Just because someone uh, shows up doesn't mean that they're a nice person. You know, I haven't seen any evidence of it. And as anybody who knows me knows, I have to see for myself. I really only make my decisions about people, things, anything based off of my own observation. You know, I'm just not a person. I'm a, I'm a Missourian. Show me. You show me the facts and I'll show you my opinion. Other than that, I'm not interested. You're not going to change my mind. Um, and I never refer to myself as a Missourian. I'm really, in my mind, a St. Louisan. And I'm probably going to be something else uh, <laughs> in the next six months to a year. Um, mainly because the writing is picking up again. And, uh, you know, it's hard to be in a city. Yes, I know we have the Internet. But it's hard to be in a city where they have no love for your craft. You know, I want to make movies. And like I said, I have film f- filmmaker friends trying to film in St. Louis. And there's just nothing here for them. The studios are like, nah, we can film in Atlanta. Now it looks like you can uh, film in Albuquerque. Netflix just signed a production deal with Albuquerque. They're going to be building a studio there. I mean, that's you're just missing out on the dollars. And it's like, I don't understand that. Between marijuana and film production states are raking in the dough, you know, and states that are slow to adopt to this, you're just leaving money on the table. And for what? People are going to get high whether it's legal or not. And marijuana is not a gateway drug just because you smoke a joint. Unless you lace it with PCP, you're not about to become a junkie. I've never seen someone who only smoke weed just turn into like an axe wielding maniac. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's just like, it's not 1940 and States need cash. If you want to get schools and roads fixed and, and, uh, maintain the, the infrastructure of your state, where do you think the money's going to come from? And you're allowing people to keep uh, rich people to stop paying their taxes. All these big corporations are operating, uh, by paying the least amount of taxes they possibly can pay. Everybody's trying to find these loopholes and you're letting people off the hook. And then you won't legalize anything that would flood cash into your state. It's stupid and it's not sustainable. You know, I know more alcoholics than I know weed heads and that facts. That's a fact. (laughs) So I don't know. Sometimes it makes me wonder like who's in charge of this thing. I'll tell you, because I've been thinking about it. It really has been rich white men manipulating everybody. They don't want us to be on the same page. They don't want people of the same socioeconomic background to be on the same page. They don't want black people to get united. They don't want women to wake up and finally be like, hey, wait, what the hell? You know, so they've just been these master puppeteers making us believe we need them. And the problem in our society is Americans want everybody to agree with them. Waiting for white, rich white men to stop being kind of jerky towards the rest of the world is like waiting for someone to apologize to you that don't they that that doesn't believe they did anything wrong. 
That's the worst feeling in the world. Have you ever? Yes, I know you have. It's a human thing. In childhood, all the way through adulthood, when you're like, you know, you've been wronged, you know, you're the righteous one. And that person just will not apologize. It's a frustrating thing. And in America, it seems to be our way to just wait for somebody to be like, hey, my bad. I'm sorry. I hurt your feelings. I know I personally enjoy a good apology. Um, (laughs) And I've offered many, but I also like to receive one when I feel I'm owed one. Um, And as long as we sit around waiting for them to apologize and feel all bad, we are going to be butthurt. Because they're never going to do that. So instead, we just need to hike up our sleeves and celebrate ourselves, whatever our thing is. Because if you're waiting for that, um, and I keep saying old, rich, white male, but it's really more a mentality. If you're waiting for that mentality to see something in you that's redemptive and makes them feel ashamed for being so awful, I mean, we're going to be waiting a while. We need to focus in on ourselves. So be who you are and be excited to be in your skin, whatever that looks like, and celebrate your damn self and find other people who celebrate you. And then before you know it, you're surrounded by a community and that community supports you and lifts you up. That's what it's all about. You know, Uh, we need to have higher self-love no matter what it is. Whatever grouping you feel most comfortable identifying with, get in that group and fall in love with it and find like people so we can all be in love with who we are instead of waiting for these old white rich people to suddenly wake up and be like, hey, we're assholes. Let's be better (laughs) because it's probably not going to happen. I said probably because I'm an optimist. It ain't going to happen. And we don't need it to. We got mad love for each other. We're only here for a short amount of time. So let's just let's just make the best of it. And I'm encouraged because I think the future is more diverse. It's more pragmatic. It's less old and selfish and mean and petty. And when when all of that finally dies off, you know, hopefully we'll still be able to save the planet. And, uh, you know, just see what's popping. Just keep it cracking. Keep it moving. The human experience is pretty delightful if you block out all the bullshit, you know. So let's just focus on that and see each other in the winner's circle. That's the goal. Have a lovely day.